Welcome back into the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. Josh and Joe coming Whoa. at you live on a Throwback. Wednesday. Dead Arm Dynasty. Oh, Dead Arm Sports, man. That IPA is <laughs> getting to me from the last episode. Woof, that is a uh, <laughs> taking us back about six months there. Yeah, buddy. No, Dead Arm Sports yeah, podcast long, but... coming at you live on a Wednesday, Jill. Live on a Wednesday. Live on a Wednesday. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> Have a fun show for you. Again, we're going to talk a little World Cup. He had the big draw last Friday, so we'll break down what we think of uh, where USA is going to be grouped up. Last divisional preview for MLB in the NL West, and then we're going to give you our playoff and postseason accolades predictions. So get into that haven't revealed them yet so curious on if uh, we're thinking the same thing gel or where any discrepancies might lie but before we get into that the question of the day today little Yeehaw. little throwback here i want to know what was your favorite subject in high school oh shoot <laughs> outside really of fiad i mean fiad's kind I of the didn't... generic answer but what uh what did you like i mean i didn't really care about I, I didn't really matter to me, honestly, what the subject matter was. It more mattered who was in my class. Yeah. If I had, if I had <laughs> friends in the class, that's that's pretty much what it came down to. No, I I would probably honestly say, like, I like, I like, <clears throat> I shouldn't say still like, because I can't imagine myself like writing a paper right now. That sounds. So damn intimidating now. <laughs> like, Cite I'm not that sources. far out of college. <laughs> like, God, that sounds so intimidating. But uh, no, I actually liked writing papers and writing reports. Oh, I would what rather. What's wrong with you? I, 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 I know. <laughs> I liked. So I liked. You know, English courses, LA language arts for uh, those that didn't attend SHS, uh, Stoughton High. <laughs> LA language language arts I don't know I I mean I was never like really that into history so those courses didn't really uh, do it for me science classes were always cool to learn but like I sucked at bio and chem so that's pretty much your two courses in science <laughs> that and physics like I wasn't that great at it I thought it was really cool material I just you know didn't really do great with it. I, but I was always a pretty strong, felt like I was a pretty strong writer. Um, not so much into the reading part of it, but I liked, but there's part of me that just liked writing papers, um, more than doing some other stuff, more than doing math, more than trying to learn, you know, the periodic table, more than trying to learn different, different stuff in bio. And maybe, maybe it's just because I, there was like a little bit of, you know, putting together a structure and putting it all together was satisfying to me because when, and then when it was done, it was just like, I don't know. There, there, for me, there was such a level of like accomplishment when I was done with a massive paper or a massive project that I, I just felt that I felt a different level of accomplishment when I would do something like that versus, you know, Again, just just kind of studying to try to do well on a test. I didn't have that same level of accompli- of accomplishment with those with those types of uh, projects. So, I, I guess I guess I guess English courses, language arts, whatnot, probably probably takes the cake. All right, I am going a little bit different route. You really liked the class and feeling accomplished afterwards. <laughs> Mine was. Uh, a class that the subject matter definitely interests me. It was history of the West. So it was all Westerns and different things like that. Learning about the history of the United States out past the West side of the Mississippi. But in that class, it was a semester long. And I kid you not, we watched over 20 full length movies during that one <laughs> semester. So we watched pretty much every Western imaginable. So every week you'd come in and it was a different Western movie for three class periods. And then we'd have a test every once in a while. But the test was like three ridiculous answers. Did you watch Tombstone? One, we watched Tombstone. That is the, the best. Dead. That's the best I mean, Western of all time. De- so like many. dead on. Yes. That's the best one. Yep. Did you watch to... Blazing Saddles? 
I think we did. I'm pretty sure that, that was... That uh, would not fly nowadays <laughs> at all. That sounds familiar that we did. I'm pretty sure we did with uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> this one had Mel Gibson. I believe... I think that's Mel Gibson in in Blazing Saddles. Okay. Gene Wilder... I, I could be wrong. I, Willy I, I, Wonka. I don't know. I, the guy that played Willy Wonka in the old one. Pretty sure he mm. was in it too, but... No, we watched some that there was nudity and the teacher would just go up and put a sheet of paper over the TV during this. <laughs> so, that was back in the day of VHS kids. So. Gene Wilder. Gene yeah, Wilder, okay. Yep. So that is it. Yep. yep. Nailed it. Yep. Yeah. Blazing Saddles. That is uh, that. I don't, I can't imagine that that's going to be played out and played in too many <laughs> no. schools nowadays. Yeah, that there's was, a uh, lot of stuff that plenty we watched. Of, uh, pretty sure you could Really uh, inappropriate language with uh, dropping <laughs> hard J's and, and hard, uh, <laughs> hard other N's and whatnot. So that's, uh, yeah, that's not going to fly in today's, <laughs> not going to fly in today's world. No. Kind of surprised they let you do that, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's what life growing up in the times early is, 2000s Times is was. changing. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> the only constant in life is change. Yes. That's what they say. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, in terms of like, I, I thought you meant like just, just general course. I mean, in terms of probably my favorite individual class, I don't know. I had two stacked physics classes where, you know, just with a ton of friends and one of our, one of our teachers, uh, she tripped over her foot and or she smoked herself in the face with a uh, with like a rubber ball. She tripped over her own feet and fell onto like a bed of nails then couldn't get up off this bed of nails. It was oh gosh. like that was that was one of the I know the teacher the you're talking about, but we won't yeah, throw any names. I'm out. sure you do. <laughs> not going to not going to drop not going to name drop here, no. but I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. If you feel like joshing, you can follow me at DasJPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. If you like gelling, you can follow him at DasJel. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. Guaranteed to answer any questions, so send those our way. We'll answer them on our next podcast or else hit you back if you need something quick. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Jell, we all heard you crack open a beverage. What was it? Well, you know, with uh, for me lately, it's uh, it's a two drink minimum. So I am <laughs> rocking enough. I got a, I've got myself a nice lime white claw. Okay, and another another Dallas blonde. Just got to ride that train. Good <laughs> yeah, boy. These blondes are just, they go down too damn well. I know. I'm trying to save mine as best I can and have those sparingly so I can make them last a while. Yeah, thankfully I have them at the local gas station right down the street. So I do not, so uh, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> One thing I do have at my local gas station and grocery store I picked up over the weekend. Bush! No, I not not that delightful. I'm drinking a strawberry hibiscus truly margarita. Huh. So I don't got the old margarita truly pack at the store the other day and they're pretty solid. They You tried a few of them so far? Any reviews so far? Um yeah, strawberry is probably my favorite. The watermelon, I think it's a watermelon cucumber. I don't have it in front of me. That one's pretty mm. solid. There's a mango <laughs> that that's got a little bit of a bite to it. So that one was pretty solid. Haven't had the original yet, but no, it's literally kind of like just drinking a seltzer. It's got a little bit of a different taste that tries to give you that tequila flavoring, but they're pretty solid. I don't think I could sit and drink them all day. Like, Are they stronger or are they just same? same? They're 5.2%, so just a so. little bit stronger, but not not any <laughs> huge yeah, not huge noticeably deal, different so. but no they're pretty solid i feel like they'd be a good summer beverage to have on a patio or something but again i i don't think i could sit and drink them all day it's like a one or two and then move on to the next bigger, i just it's, I, I just feel like the flavoring would make me immediately just think of heartburn <laughs> <laughs> yeah that typically happens with seltzers for at me at least with like tequila too like you know, I have a margarita and it's just like a heartburn central. Welcome to your upper 20s, apparently. <laughs> right? Jeez. Yeah, I gotta have the Tums in your back pocket. That's for, for sure. For freaking real. <laughs> 
Uh, moving on, we had the World Cup draw on Friday and uh, pretty exciting. The United States last Wednesday had a tough 2 nothing loss to Costa Rica, but they just couldn't lose by six goals. So we did that. We got into the World Cup and met that one. Yes. <laughs> what a goal. Yes. Don't lose by six. <laughs> but Scott, quite an interesting draw. We ended up, England is the top team in our group. They are ranked number five in the FIFA World Cup rankings. United States comes in next at 15. Iran is at 21, so a pretty solid team there in Iran, kind of under the radar. You wouldn't really think of you wouldn't think of of them as you know, one of the top, you know, in almost in the top 20 of the world. I mean, you obviously you just immediately you think soccer or football uh as yeah, this is a lot it's it's Europe and South America and you know maybe maybe Japan can get in the mix here and there but you don't really think of the Middle East and you know Iran and and whoever else but so for them to be ranked 21 that's a little bit little bit more of a scare for me yeah no and the other scare too potentially is the fourth team that was drawn in is still up in the air right now they're going to be the European playoff winner so like the United States or not like the United States, like the CONCACAF, the league that the United States goes through qualifying for. They've got their playoff. Um, Costa Rica is going to be in that, but it's one of those that the United what was, States... What are, what are those three teams? It was it was Ukraine, Ukraine believe, which South is Wales. 27th, is going to play Scotland, which Scotland's 39. Scotland. And the winner of that takes on Wales, which Wales is the 18th in the FIFA ranking. So they come in even better than Iran as potentially that fourth team. So this could potentially be a pretty tough group for the United States. I think they are a favorite to get out of this outside of England. England's going to be the heavy favorite in this one, but potentially if Wales comes through and qualifies out of that playoff, this is going to be a pretty tough group to get out of. United it's certainly, States it's certainly not right like away. the group of death that we fell into in 26. Was it 2016 or was it 2012? Uh, I think it was 2012, I think. That sounds right, because I was still in college, where we had, you know, we were facing, I believe, Ghana, Germany, and Argentina, I think, were all in our group. Or it was it was some other, maybe Chile, some, some other pretty high-end South American team were all in our group. Along with Ghana, who Ghana at that time was was loaded too. I mean, they they pretty much were the the face of Africa really during that tournament. So, and Germany, I believe, won it that year. So, really, I I think this is a better draw than the U.S. has gotten in the past. And you know, obviously, England is the team to be reckoned with within the group. But based on how we shake out or in terms of the rankings. It's not it's not that bad of a draw. I mean, it, you know, according to the rankings, we should it should just be down to the US and England to take this to take this group. What I found interesting and amazing, amazing timing. The US is scheduled to play England the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. When nearly all of America has off of work. Is this going to be the highest rate, potentially the highest rated, uh, I, I guess, soccer game in U.S. history against England? What's, you know? Yeah, I would I think mean, so. The problem, the only problem with that time of year, you're getting into some of the college football rivalry weekend and some of those games have moved up a good to Friday. Point. So there'll be some tuned into that. But no, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better time, at least to be off of work to have england usa going at it so that'll be come on there's there's obviously historical relevance going back to 1776 with this let's uh, (laughs) let's go american pride on the line here (laughs) right it's they did also just just a just a note normally this normally the world cup is played in the summer they ended up they did decide to move it back to the winter months because they're playing in in however you pronounce it guitar cutter heard three or four different pronunciations and they don't want people out on the field dying so they did move it into the winter which is which is definitely the right call yeah no absolutely so 
One of the other divisions, I apologize, I did not come prepared for this, but just kind of going through really quick is I'm really intrigued by that Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia grouping. Canada was drawn out of pot four, which is crazy because they ended up winning the CONCACAF pretty handily, just kind of ran through a lot of the teams. Didn't really struggle at all, so they're a solid pot four team that got drawn there. And you got Belgium and Croatia that are two pretty big powerhouses there. Belgium's number two in the rankings. Croatia's say, 16. Belgium's always been there for so, a while. Yeah, so that is going to be a very interesting group, and Canada's looking to pull off an upset and get through out of that to the round of 16. So that is a group yeah, I, I'm I, very excited to watch. I mean, you have to think that Canada got that low of a draw just because historically – they haven't necessarily been all that relevant, but obviously they've had, you know, they, they've had an amazing last, really last year, last couple of years here uh, in that CONCACAF. So um, that's probably why they end up getting drawn where they did, just based on the really historical irrelevance. But no, it, it should be, that should be, that sh- should, could very well end up being one of the stronger groups in the tournament. Yeah. No, it'll be exciting. I'm excited for the World Cup. Always fun to tune into that. The only thing that stinks, like you had touched on, it's going to be going on during the winter and competing with football scheduling too. So we'll have a uh, packed shows for you in the winter. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> there will be plenty. Plenty, plenty to talk about. But uh, sport that does not take place in the winter is baseball. And we are going to be talking. Well, hey, shit. Unless the World Series is being played in November, which is. Yeah, they need to fix that. <laughs> they need to take care of that shit ASAP. Yes, but we have our last divisional breakdown today. We are staying out west and moving over to the National League. So excited. This is a division that seems like it's been kind of a two-team battle the last couple years and more so just the one with the Dodgers. But last year, San Francisco ended up taking that division crown. Ended up with 107 wins, 55 losses. Who saw that coming? No, but that's kind of their mo, though. They just kind of, just kind of surprise. I mean, look at all the years that they with Mad Bum leading the way, and every other year they were winning World Series. What was it? 2010, 12. <laughs> they just kept skipping a year. 2010, 2012, 2014. So, I believe it was. Yeah. yeah, just crazy there. But no, it'll be it'll be exciting. They ended up resigning Brandon Belt, Jock Peterson's in now, Carlos Rodon, Anthony DiScalfini. Desclafani. Desclafani. Okay. <laughs> Desclafani. But uh, no, <laughs> Alex Wood. So we've got quite a few there. Tommy Lestella still there. Again, Brandon Belt. Brandon Crawford anchoring that lineup. Wilmer Flores. Mike Yastrzemski at the pole in Boston. Carl's, uh, <laughs> or, uh, Carl's grandson. Yes. Which is just badass. No, I, I mean, it's definitely a very veteran lineup between, you know, Belt and Crawford who have been there really since day one long uh evan longoria has been there for now a few years and then you know and then bringing over jock and everything but the i i I guess what's gonna be a huge question mark for me is that catcher position it's been buster posey obviously anchoring really anchoring that lineup now for over a decade and they brought in joey or now joey bart who was i believe the number two overall pick uh, a number of years ago and he's been kind of learning under buster for over the last two seasons so pretty i guess pretty ideal situation for them for the giants you know letting letting bart learn under buster for these number of years and still where bart isn't it's not like bart has to come not bart since i just keep saying bart and i'm thinking of bart simpson uh <laughs> Not where he's going to have to come in and anchor the lineup like Posey did because he is surrounded by a ton of veterans. So pretty ideal for Bart to come in and and hopefully take over that catching role and do it successfully. He's been a high-end prospect for a number of years. Again, I believe, I mean, top, top three, top five pick. I think he went number two. So I, I think I... I just question, can they repeat? I don't see another 107-win season, certainly. I mean, that felt like a little bit of magic in the bottle. Is I mean, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, these guys feel like they're ancient. I mean, they're 
So can you really rely on that to win you another division? I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, we never we didn't see this coming last year. I certainly don't see it coming this year, but we'll we'll have to see. I do, however, love that rotation. I love the addition of Carlos Rodon and you know, Di Sclafani, good number three, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, a couple of couple just veteran presences at the end of that rotation. But super underrated name, the ace of that staff, Logan Webb. Yeah. He had a sub two five oh ERA. Once they got into June last year, he started off the season really rough where he his ERA was up above five. But once he got going and got into, you know, midseason form, he was dominant. Again, a sub 250 ERA for the final, you know, when it mattered, those final four months of the season. So great option to have an ace at in in Logan Webb. They did lose uh Dude from the or uh, Kevin Gaussman, but <clears throat> but I think they'll be able to weather the storm fine. I mean, with with these other with especially with that Carlos Rodon addition there in the uh, that they signed over from the White Sox. Yeah, no, I I think they've got a team that could compete, a team that they're going to be fighting with that is a heavy favorite, heavy World Series favorite, which is typical is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers bringing over Freddie Freeman from the Braves, re-signed Clayton Kershaw like you touched on yesterday. So making moves there. And, I mean, this lineup is just absolutely insane. You got Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Max Muncy, Will Smith, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux. Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, your seven, eight spots. That is a fucking stacked Not bad. Not bad, buddy. (laughs) Just. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 you know, they're, they're, they've been typically really, really busy in the off seasons over the last couple of years. They only really did make one big move this year, which we've seen in the past couple seasons. It felt like they made multiple huge off season acquisitions, but how many with Freddie Freeman being the one that they did make this year. But how many moves are out there to be made? I mean, when you got this lineup, yeah. how many moves do you really have to make? <laughs> how many upgrades out there? That's for sure. Bets, yeah. I mean, all those guys that you just named off; these guys have either been, or they've they've pretty they've all been all stars. Bets, Trey Turner, Freeman, Justin Turner, Muncie, Will Smith, Bellinger, Taylor—all those guys have been all stars in the past. Gavin Lux was. A really high-end prospect. Yeah, he didn't have a great season last year. Also battled some injuries. But he's the future of one of those middle infield spots. I mean, I what else is... I? What can derail this team? They, they, they finished second in the division with over 100 wins. I believe it came down... It came down to that last series of the season. Yeah, they had one last 106. And, and they... And it was Giants-Dodgers to finish off the season. And the Dodgers... Or the Giants won two of the three. So I don't know what what more you can really add to this lineup offensively. Maybe just a little bit of additional depth. I'm sure. Again, we see them every every uh, trade deadline season making some moves. They could probably go grab you know some util you know a utility infielder, a fourth, fifth outfielder, just to kind of help bolster that depth. But as far as their starting options, this is the best offensive team in baseball based on based on these names i mean multi they've got they've got three or uh yeah three former mvps between betts freeman and bellinger and then that rotation is scary too you got walker bueller and clayton kershaw the one-two punch there julio urias 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 yeah so and they got craig kimbrell over the weekend too from the white Sox. we'll see if he can bounce back and step into that closer spot that they is void from Kenley Jansen going over to the Braves. But I mean, that rotation's fantastic. The only thing that could derail them is injuries, which we'll see which we've seen have in seen, LA especially before too. Kershaw has been a little injury prone of late, but no, it's, I mean, they're easily the heavy favorite to win this division and represent the NL. I feel like in the world series and, and even beyond Kimbrell, I mean, look at, look at the rest of that, that wrote or that uh, bullpen between Blake Trine and Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson, former starter, 
then started to really struggle. They moved him into the bullpen, and he's been excellent out of the pen. Brewstar Gratterall can throw 101. And check out this name you may have forgotten. David Price <laughs> coming out of the pen. So even if, you, I mean, Kimbrell really struggled in his one spring appearance with the Dodgers. I mean, he does seem extremely routine dependent. We've, we've, we talked about this when we were talking about uh, it, when we were talking about the AL Central and and Kimbrel's struggles when he came over to the White Sox, where he really struggled. When he first came over to the Cubs, really struggled. He just seems super routine dependent, but hopefully he can kind of you know get it get his act together and become a, that steady closer that the Dodgers do need with that loss of Kenley Jansen. But I mean, roster wise, this is the best team in baseball. That's why they've made the World Series a number of times over the last six seasons and why they've they've won a number of up until last year they'd won like eight straight divisions so I don't see that I I I see them running it back this year and probably need to be the favorite in this division yeah team that has been pretty hyped up the last couple of years but I'd say has underperformed at least last season and that's the San Diego Padres finished at 79 and 83 with all the talent that they have on that roster injuries have been huge there bring in Luke Voigt, Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez this offseason but the big question with their lineup is can they stay afloat with Fernando Tatis Jr's injury and going to be out for a few months again man again but you got Trent Grisham, Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth, Luke Voigt, Hosmer, Will Myers, Austin Nola, Jerickson Profar. Got you Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Clevenger, Paddock in that rotation, which is they, and, phenomenal. And they brought over, and remember they brought, they just got Sean Manaya yeah. from the yep. A's as well A's. to help so, with that rotation. Yeah, throw him into that mix. So that is an absolutely fantastic rotation to try and combat some of these stacked lineups that are in the NL West. But again, the question to me is, can they stay afloat with Fernando Tatis Jr.'s injury? And I mean, if they can stay up towards the top of the division and get him back midseason, like I had touched on, I believe last week in one of the episodes we were talking about when his injury came up, that it's one of those with the wrist injury like that. It's going to take him a while to get back into form, even when he is cleared to play. So you're looking at probably after the all-star break before he's going to be relevant back to his former self, if that, but well, and and you always wonder too, that the injury, the reason, the cause of the injury, he got into a motorcycle accident, wasn't super severe, but enough to break his wrist. And, you know, you never know how that's going to, you know, if there was shattering in that bone from that accident, that's gonna that would obviously really complicate any sort of recovery. Those clean breaks usually are relatively easy to heal. You know, you just put a put a hard cast on it and that's it. But if there was shattering of that bone, that complicates things a lot. That makes surgery a lot more complicated from the start. And if any te- any uh, tendons in that wrist were affected, Never really know how he's going to recover from that. So I, I have a, I have a pretty, I've got a like. I mean, Tatis is one of the best players in the NL in all of Major League Baseball when he's on and when he's playing. I just have a little. I just have hesitation on this Padres team, given that we don't know how severe this injury is going to end up being and how long this recovery is going to be for Tatis, which is a damn shame. Yeah. It, he's, he's one of the, he's, he's one of my favorite players. You could make an watch. argument that he's the most fun player to watch <laughs> yeah. in all of major league baseball. 100%. Cause he's just, he's just fiery. He's got that awesome personality. He's not afraid to talk shit and he'll, he'll pimp his home runs. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I love what, you know, when watching baseball, but I don't know. I, I I like the rest of their pretty much most of the rest of their lineup. I heard over the weekend this they offered the Mets Eric Hosmer, Chris Paddock, who was two years ago in Cy Young talks as a possibility as a starter, and and thirty million dollars to the Mets for Dominic Smith, who had a negative. 0.7 war last season. 
they want to get out of that Eric Hosmer oh, yeah. contract so that bad. badly. He's still got four years, $59 million left on that deal. They want out that damn badly that they were willing to offer half his contract and a starter just to offload Hosmer for Dominic Smith, who would be, you know, a, a basically a depth piece for the Padres. I mean, crazy. That's and, and Hosmer knows that 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 was offered. So he's going to he's not going to be feeling he can't be feeling too great today. How how he signed an eight year deal a couple of years back. I mean, the Padres are obviously kicking themselves for making that deal. But other than that, I mean, you got to like the lineup of Grisham, Machado, Cronenworth, Voigt, Will Myers. It's still a pretty stacked team. I just I just fear for them that they're going to run into an absolute buzzsaw on the Dodgers. Padres started off this season or last season. Cru- looked like they were going to cruise to the uh, NL West title. And then they just completely fell apart. So if the Padres end up playing the way they did in the first half last season, I could see them. I could see this being the best division in baseball. But if they struggle, that's going to, you know, and if the and if the Giants kind of come back to earth, I think it'll end up looking a little bit more like the NL West of the past. Fourth place in the NL West last year, the Colorado Rockies finished at 74 and 87. Made a big splash this offseason, winning the Chris Bryant Blash. sweepstakes. So Chris Bryant now in a Rockies uniform, take over that former Nolan Arenado role at third base there. So uh, <laughs> see how that works. I just don't, yeah, don't get it. But there, that was pretty much their big acquisition. Randall Grichuk, uh, Alex Colom. Otherwise, yeah, not. Not a whole lot there, but Charlie Blackman still has been a staple in that leadoff spot there. Again, Chris Bryant, CJ Crone, and yeah, that's I just don't understand their strategy at all. Oh. I, I they they offload Arenado when he's due for a deal. They let Trevor Story walk when he's due for a big deal. And then they sign Chris Bryant to a big deal. Like I, I don't understand what the Rockies are doing. I, they, I mean, Herman uh, Marquez is their ace. Yeah, he can throw. He can get you two hundred strikeouts, but he's also gonna throw about maybe 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 fifty balls to the backstop. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I I just don't know what the Rockies are doing. I don't really understand the Chris Bryant signing. Unless they're thinking, okay, we'll be great in two years, but I don't see how they could be great in two years. They, it's not like their their pro, their hall of prospects. Well, they they don't have. I should say they don't have a hall of prospects that are on their way up. I just there's no strategy to this from the Rockies. I I don't get it, and I can and that makes me wonder why did Chris Bryant even sign there? Money. That's it. That's it. They have to have been the highest payer by tens of millions of dollars. Well, as a hitter, I mean, how could you not want to hit at Coors Field too? I mean, that true. That would be jumps, a lot of fun. So, I mean, he'll get to pad his stats, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a great year. I I liked Chris Bryant in a Cubs uniform, and sad to see him not in a Cubs uniform anymore. But no, I agree completely with you. It's just kind of mind boggling. Nolan Arenado was the face of that franchise for a long time. Obviously, got into a little bit of a dispute with ownership, but I don't blame him. The ownership didn't put anything really around him to get them to compete for this division. Granted, it's a tough division to compete in, and in Colorado, you're not going to get any free agent pitchers to come in. Nobody wants to pitch there for the reason I had said with Chris Bryant's going to have a good year with the ball jumping off the bat, being in that low altitude or high altitude. So it is kind of a crapshoot there, but it's just, it's weird. Like you said, two iconic guys that have been a staple of that organization the last five to six years with Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story, just let them walk and. Yeah, he signed Chris Bryant, but that's about it. So we'll see. It's yeah, 
I don't know. They're they're not in as bad of a spot though as the Arizona Diamondbacks. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I guess Arizona. Oof. <laughs> Listen to these names, Joe. Their ads this offseason. Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy, yes. Jordan Luplo. So wow, they brought Ian Kennedy back. Yes. Wow, bringing the band. Yeah, back. he was great in like 2012. Yes, <laughs> he got Kettle Marte in the lineup, so he's been pretty solid for them. Still got Mad Bum, but <laughs> Mad Bum hasn't looked like himself lately with since he left the Giants. Outside of his, he did have. He First did throw a seven-inning no-no last year, yeah, which true. apparently doesn't go down in the record books as a no-no <laughs> because it one of those seven-inning double-headers, and he had a no-no through seven. Yeah. That's all that he could do. Yep. But, no, I they won only 52 games last year, and I don't see a huge uptick there. I think this is the uh, bottom of the – NL West. So. Yes, that's. <laughs> and he, I mean, they they do have you know. I mean, Carson Kelly. He's a pretty halfway decent piece at catcher. I just look at probably Mad Bum and Melanson at this point. Probably, possibly at least trade pieces yes. at the deadline. Hundred percent. Zach Gallen is a nice piece in their rotation, but he's injured currently, and he's had injury issues. He had injury issues last year. They did bring over Zach Davies. Uh-oh, former Cub and Brewer. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. No, I they they're they're going to It's it's a battle for between them and the Rockies for the seller of the division. <laughs> yeah. Any well, I've got yeah, Colorado down as uh in fourth again this year and fifth for the Diamondbacks. Who do you got? One, two, three. I've got at least Dodgers, Giants, Pods, I think. I think that Fernando Tatis injury, if he was healthy the whole season, I'd probably put the Padres up over the Giants with that rotation, but I think they're going to struggle without him in that lineup. Yep, that's the same same, same exact uh, order, one through five, and, and I think it's going to come down to – I think the Padres and Giants probably duke it out for that second spot, but – I think it might come down to the Giants rotation and and having Logan Webb anchor it that may may really seal it for the Giants. All right, we are going to move into some of our predictions here. This will be the last segment of the day. We're going to kick it off and just kind of go through our playoff teams. We're going to tell you who we think is going to be the AL and NL East Central West champions, give you the three playoff teams that we think from each of the leagues. Then we'll give you our World Series champion, who we think is going to represent each league in the World Series and tell you who we think is going to win it all. After that, we're going to dive into some of the accolades. We'll give you the MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year from each of the leagues as well. Joe and I haven't shared this list at all, so it'll be interesting to see if we're thinking the same thing or <laughs> what we're thinking. We will see. It, so. We've been apparently uh, pretty much on point with our thoughts on the West the last two episodes. Yes. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see. All right, Joe, why don't you kick it off? We'll start over in the American League. Who do you have winning the East Division? All right. So I got I got the Blue Jays in the East. I've got the Chai Sox in the Central. And then I've got the Astros winning the not-so-blessed West. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. Those are my three Hey-o. three division winners as well. So, three wild card teams. Why don't you take the reins here? You got the three wild card teams. I do. So I am sticking with Tampa. I think Tampa is going to get the wild card spots. I've got them in the one spot, followed up by Boston, and then I've got kind of a surprise team. It's one that we talked about late last week that needed a couple pieces to get together to have them make a run, but. I think this team is going to give the White Sox a little bit of a run, and I'm going to I'm going to put the Detroit Tigers into the postseason in that third wild card spot. I have the Tigers as well in there awesome. as and the Rays. Okay, uh, I you can't count out the Rays, man. They're no. for some reason <laughs> it doesn't matter what they have, and and you you have to love you know Wander Franco coming into his first full season. Gotta love I gotta love the Rays. The Tigers 
Also, they did announce that Spencer Torkelson is gonna be is gonna make their opening day roster, so he'll be there starting, probably hitting three or four in that lineup. And then and then the other team that I've got is the Mariners. Yeah. I've got the Mariners over the Bow Sox. Okay. Uh I I don't like I don't necessarily like Boston's rotation. That's the that's gonna be the difference. I think the Mariners can hopefully outslug and the fact that that AL West isn't really that strong. I think that's going to work in the Mariners' favor as well, where they're going to be able to get some additional wins, where the Sox maybe fall off a little bit. Yeah, and and the Sox are dealing with with that Chris Sale injury as well. He was just he was just put on that sixty day uh, IL today, so he's not he's not out there for the first two months of the season at least. Yep, which will be huge. And no, I. I like Seattle a lot too, so it'll be it'll be fun and it's kind of cool too. Just seeing Seattle make the moves that they did this off season and try and give Houston a little bit of a run for their money, it's like we touched on yesterday. It's been really lopsided of late, and always fun when Seattle is in the mix. All right, Jell, you kicked off the N or the AL. I'll kick off the NL, and then you can kick off with your wild card. Um, I have Atlanta taking the East title, Milwaukee taking the Central, and the LA Dodgers out West. I'm pretty sure we bang, probably bang, have a, bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> those those seem pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. I I know there there's talk about you know after the all the offseason moves that the Mets have made that they could compete for the division, but we're already seeing injury issues with DeGrom and Scherzer. Yeah. So I, it's, it's gotta be the Braves division. Plus they get, they get Acuna back. Remember he missed most of last season with that torn ACL. So he's back. He could healthy. He's looked good so far in spring training. So no, absolutely. Uh, my wild card teams. I I gotta I gotta get I gotta keep the Giants in there. Just I love that rotation. Uh, I and I I love just the veteran presence. They're gonna be one of my teams. Uh, I'm gonna put the Padres in there. So the NL West is gonna have three teams uh, in the playoffs this off or this uh, postseason. And I'm like I hate myself for doing this. I gotta put the Cardinals in there. I I I can't. I do not believe in the Phillies. I do not. As I just said about the Mets, yeah, they have a ton of talent, but they're too. They're the guys that are trying to anchor that rotation are already hurt. It's also always weird when you know for the Mets, you know, when you bring in too many offseason pieces, you don't know how everybody gels together. It's, you know, it's it's one thing. It's not, it's the, the team dynamic. I mean, you can't have, it's not just a ton of, it's not a fantasy team. It's not a fantasy baseball team. You're talking about a real life team. So it's always weird. You know, none of these guys grew up together. I can't put the Mets in there. So I guess I just have to throw the freaking Cardinals in there because they're always there at the end of the year. I hate myself too, Joe, because I also had the Cardinals in, and I have the exact same order for the wild card as you did. I've got San Francisco, San Diego, and St. Louis, so the three S's rounding out the uh, wild card. <laughs> but no, I and Saint and Saint. I absolutely love the West getting three teams in. Like I said, the Padres could compete with that division if. Tatis was healthy all season and I think they're going to do enough now with that extra wild card spot to get in there and like you said I had the Mets I actually liked the Mets getting that wild card spot getting that last one but with DeGrom's injury Scherzer that's a huge hit and they haven't proven to me that their team can stay healthy from the course of the season it's just it's it's too hard you see it every year from the Mets where it's like they make these offseason moves and I mean (laughs) the the number one all-time just absolute complete flop of a move was when they signed Jason Bay to that big <laughs> oh, deal. Gosh, there's a throwback <laughs> name. Oh man, and he did just absolute shit for for the Mets. But it's just that's just so typical for the Mets. Make these big offseason swings, and it ne- and it never works out. <laughs> I see it happening again, and you're already seeing it again. Degrom, Scherzer, Degrom's out for a while. Scherzer. 
he's not, you know, he hasn't been diagnosed with anything major, but he's already kind of struggling with uh, some, you know, pulled muscle or whatever the hell it is. It's just, it's what happens with the Mets. It's just, this is what it is. They can't, I, I just, I can't see it. <laughs> all right, Joe. Well, out of all of the teams that we listed off, the only difference is you have Seattle taking one of the wild card spots in the AL, and I had Boston. So, with that, which means that we're probably both going to be about forty percent wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, if any <laughs> of our listeners are fans of any of those teams, I apologize in advance because we probably just put a jinx. It ain't on. happening. <laughs> You're not making. No. <laughs> if you know, if you listen to our uh, NCAA tournament picks, <laughs> not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> All right, Gel. Moment of truth here. What two teams do you have coming out and playing for the World Series? Who's your AL and NL winners? I have the Blue Jays and Mariners facing off in the AL for the chance to make the World Series. I have the Dodgers and Brewers facing off in the, in the NL Championship Series. Blue Jays and Dodgers meet in the World Series. Blue Jays take the crown, or the hunk of metal, according to... <laughs> According to Rob Manfraud. Nice. I have Toronto matched up against Chicago in the ALCS, and I've got... So we got that the same, too. I've got Milwaukee and Atlanta matched up in the NLCS. Ah. I have Toronto advancing to take on the Milwaukee Brewers and oh, come on man gel you are going to have some heartbreak and lose ah. to Toronto so if you're a fan of Toronto gel and I both just picked Toronto they are probably not you're making screwed. the playoffs so yeah yeah yep, sorry <laughs> better luck next year might as well might as well move move into move to America <laughs> That's, no, I, I really like Toronto. That lineup, that was one of my favorite ones to go through the other day. Just stacked with a bunch of young guys. Pitching staff's phenomenal. Great bullpen. I I like them a lot this year. and They're set up for a lot of success here in the next couple of years. Their window's wide open. And they're, and they're young, too. I mean, Vlad, Bichette, Biggio, Chapman, George Springer, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gariel is like their fourth outfielder. That's a sick, that's a sick offense. And then, you know, bringing in Jose Barrios, Kevin Gaussman, they added Kikuchi, who's going to be their, probably their four or five starter. It's a loaded, that's a loaded team. So I, you gotta, you gotta love that. I, you have to love the BJs. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> ah, hey, Iron Line. <laughs> All right, so we will move over into our awards. Hopefully a little little bit different takes here as opposed to what we just went through with our playoffs. But uh, <laughs> we'll kick it off. Let's Yeah, we'll start with the AL again. We'll keep it alphabetically here. Who do you got for the MVP? I just don't. I, I think this is probably, I mean, how do you not give it to Shohei again if he does anything like he if he performs anything near what he did last year he was the AL all-star game starting pitcher and leadoff hitter <laughs> with 40 with over 40 it's bombs kind of a last cheat year code. <laughs> like i i don't i think that this is probably he's not going to win you know every single year you know, eventually these writers are probably going to be like, you know, let's just move off of him. But he, I think I see Shohei going back to back for the AL MVP. Nice. I have somebody different down, so that's cool. We'll get to talk about two different players here. And I'm kind of, oh. I kind of went with some of my themes for teams that had a lot of success in the nice postseason. Rhyme. So, yeah, I'm a <laughs> poet. Didn't even know it. <laughs> But uh, somebody that is going to help carry Toronto to that World Series title is Vlad Guerrero Jr., and I think he's a huge anchor in that lineup. He's one of the favorites right now to take home the AL MVP award. Going to be hitting bombs, going to be driving in runs, so I really like Vlad. And if Toronto is to get to a World Series, you know that Vlad had a fantastic year, so... I, I like yeah, Vlad. I mean Vlad. Vlad would have won it. He would have walked away with that league or with that MVP if Shohei wasn't in the league. <laughs> yeah. So, I you can't. I I love Vlad. 
absolute stud hitter moving him over to third or from third over to first great decision by Toronto as well. So he can just focus on slugging and not worry about defense and he can, you know, he did also, I believe, cut like 20 or 25 pounds this offseason, too. Nice. So hopefully he can get a little bit more, uh, you know, limber in terms of making making some defensive plays. I'm not saying he's going to be out there Trey Turner where he's out there stealing 45 bases. <laughs> but, that would uh, be amazing. You know, he could, he, <laughs> that would, imagine <laughs> that. Imagine if Vlad's out there going 40-40. <laughs> A 40-40 season out of Vlad Guerrero. God, that'd be epic. But no, I, I think it'll probably help him defensively. That's the main... That's probably... That's going to be obvious, I think, probably. And, you know, helping with those stretches and at first base. Vlad's an, Vlad's a great pick. I'll I'll kick off the Cy Young here. We'll just kind of alternate back and forth. Oh, so. oh, or, oh, we're just going... Sticking with the AL first. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, let's... We haven't touched on that. Yeah, let's do NL. We can do that. We'll do MVP awards, and then we'll jump back to Cy Young for AL. So my MVP is somebody you touched on a little bit earlier, somebody that is coming back off of an injury, and it's Ronald Ronald Acuna Jr. So I think he is set up to have an absolute fantastic season. Braves are going to be good. He's the heart of that order. He's looked phenomenal so far in spring training. So I like him to take that NL MVP award this year. That's it. Acuna. That's the tweet. That's, that's my <laughs> so pick. He's, uh, he's, AKA, he's not nope, winning he's it. he's not. So put your money <laughs> elsewhere if you're listening to this. <laughs> no, I, I I, mean, I, we've seen, we see players now all the time come off these ACL injuries and it used to hamper their careers in the past. Not the same anymore. It's not, it's not as big of a deal as it used to be in the past. I mean, he's, he's, he's a guy that's gone 40 bombs, 30 I think he may have had a 40 maybe a 40 40 season at least a 40 30 season in the past I don't see why he can't do that this season so I'm I'm probably seeing 40 home runs 30 steals 120 RBI playing great defense out there in right field for Atlanta and Atlanta's gonna have another good season so it's got to be Acuna for me as well all right moving back to the AL you want to take this one Joe or you want me to kick it off Gonna go with the my projected AL Central winners, Lucas Giolito. Uh, I I see 200 Ks out of him this season. Probably, you know, we're at the point where wins don't really matter. Although I think that he probably does rack up a ton of wins. I you know. I, Ton of K's. He he used to, he was at one point the number one prospect in baseball when he was still with the Nationals, uh, and he got sent over from the Nationals to the White Sox via a trade. So you know I, I you've seen the pro or you've seen the amazing stuff that Gilito has. He did have a really rough year his first year with the White Sox, but last season was money. I see two hundred plus K's. I see, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, he's got all the stuff. He's got an amazing fastball, great curve, and a developing changeup. Actually, a really good changeup that's going to just, I think, you know, propel him to that Cy Young award. Got a little nervous there for a second, Joe, because I have one of Lucas Giolito's teammates in Dylan Cease winning the wow uh, Cy Young award this year. I think he's going to take a next step up in that lineup. Definitely got the stuff to do it, and... Yeah, no, I I like him a lot. A little bit under the radar, though. There's a lot of guys that are in front of him as far as the odds go, but I don't know. White Sox are going to be pretty solid, and I think he's going to be an integral part of that Central Division team. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot to like about Dylan Cease. He had he had a really really strong ERA last year. I don't see any reason that he would fall off of that. So the only question, my only question is. He's not a big strikeout pitcher, and a lot of times that's the kind of, you know, you could be the ERA leader in the AL, which he totally could compete for, but then it comes down to, you know, some of these writers will look at the metrics of, you know, okay, this guy had a had a 2-4-0 ERA, this guy had a 2-6-0 ERA, but the guy with the 2-6-0 
had 35 more strikeouts than the than the guy that led the league in ERA. So that's my only that'd probably be my only concern with C's is that he's not a big strikeout guy, but I love the pick. I think that he definitely should be in competition to lead the AL in ERA. It's going to try and make batters cease to exist. <laughs> oh my God. Had to throw that in there. <laughs> Moving over to the NL Cy Young. There's, man, there's quite a few guys that I'd love to throw into the conversation here. I mean, obviously Corbin Burns won it last year. You got Brandon Woodruff there in Milwaukee as well, but I'm going to go with Walker Bueller. I think the Dodgers are going to be just phenomenal this year, and he's going to be the ace of the staff, kind of taking over for Clayton Kershaw, and that's who I've got taking home the Cy Young. Shaking your head over there, Jill. Why is that? A teammate of Walker Bueller. <laughs> So two teammates back to back. I'm going Julio <laughs> Rios. Uh, he's he, you know again a guy that in the past has been the number one prospect in baseball. Nasty stuff. Uh, not a super not a super flame throwing. You know he he it's not like he's up there throwing 98 99, but he can you know he reaches the mid 90s. But he's just amazing at locating his pitches. Got great off speed stuff. Um, again another guy with an amazing changeup that. I which I think the changeup is the second pitch ba- or second best pitch in baseball behind you know dominant fastball is one thing but if you have an amazing changeup that can really carry you through a season and and it's a, a lot less taxing on your arm as well than a slider than a you know and and Urias has an amazing slider as well and a good curve so well more curveball than pitch or than slider pitcher but. I think this is when Urias takes his next step and really, you know, takes, I think he ends up probably taking over as that number one pitcher in LA. Walker Bueller, not a slight on him. Walker Bueller is going to be right up there as well. I think this could be almost another battle like we saw last year between Burns and Woodruff of who's the top pitcher (laughs) in the NL. And it was those two guys along with Zach Wheeler last season it's going to be the same thing this year, I think, but just between Bueller and and Julio Arias. Yep. All right, our last award of the evening. Going to move over to the Rookie of the Year award. Jumping over to the AL, I'll let you kick it off, Jell. Are we going to be hearing about somebody from Kansas City? No, okay. actually. We're going to be hearing about somebody in Detroit, oh. and that's Spencer Torkelson. Given that he's just, I, I think he's just going to slug his way to a rookie of the year. He may not hit, you know, 300, but I think he's got a good chance at 35 to 40 bombs. The dude's an absolute slugger, and that that's that's an easy way to a rookie of the year. I do probably, I do like your boy, well, I guess my boy from KC, Bobby Witt, <laughs> more as a long-term prospect, but just because he's a more all-around player, but... I think that's that Torkelson is just going to I think he's gonna step in day one and absolutely slug. Look and and maybe not quite Vlad Jr. type of numbers during Vlad's rookie year, but probably somewhat comparable, probably pretty close. I love Spencer Torkelson. That's my that's my AL rookie of the year. That's why I drafted him last night in our MLB Bastard. fantasy draft, and that is Bastard. why I also have him as my rookie of the year. I for all the reasons you said, I think he's going to slug his way to that, even though Detroit's pretty big field as far as for home runs, but it's he's not going to have any he's issue gonna out, with that. He can out-hit yeah, that. Might. He can out-hit that stadium. <laughs> yes. I have no issues with that. <laughs> no. That dude can connect on a ball and hit it, you know, 470. So, yep. no, he's no issues. I think he's going to be hands down rookie of the year. So, obviously, since we both picked him, Miguel, he's not. You, you see Miguel Cabrera 2.0? Possibly with, Possibly with with Spence. Yeah. No, it'll be it'll be cool to see. All right, last award of the evening. Moving over to the NL and my rookie. I want you to take this one. My rookie of the year in the NL. Kind of a cheat code, I guess you would say. A little Homer inside me, and it is going to be Seiya Suzuki. <laughs> so technically, he is a rookie, but he is a fine-tuned MLB player coming over from Japan. So there's not there's a few guys in the 
NL that could make a run for it. But I just, if he's got a halfway decent season and just plays like he did in Japan, I mean, he's going to be hands down running away with that NL Rookie of the Year award. So it's kind of a cheat code because he's not technically, <laughs> I mean, he's technically a rookie, I mean, but he's 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 been a, a professional, professional for a while. Yep, Seiya's mine as well. Uh, I have I do have one other name though to keep an eye on, and it sucks because in uh, two three weeks ago or so he was his he was just shut down because his arm wasn't healing the way that they had expected. But Sixto Sanchez at the Marlins, I just think that I think his stuff is Filthy. is just awesome, yes. and. If he can come in, you know, maybe they shut him down again for this month, maybe. And if he can make a late, you know, mid-late May start coming back, mid-late May, he could definitely, if he puts up good numbers, he should definitely be in the running for NL Rookie of the Year. So just, just I, I, I do go say Yaz probably got to be uh, the number one contender for this uh, NL Rookie of the Year. But Sixto Sanchez, don't forget about that name because... And, and, you know, the Marlins, if, if Sixto is there, I I was really, really tempted to put the Marlins in to my NL wildcard yeah, spot over the Cardinals make run. because I do love that rotation with Sandy Alcantara, uh, Ro- uh, Trevor Rogers, and and then Sixto, if he can come in and, and be the piece, you know, maybe be kind of that missing piece. I was really tempted to put the Marlins there. So I think the Marlins are going to compete for a, for a chance to make that make that final wild card spot or one of those one of those now three wild card spots. Definitely keep keep an eye on on Sixto though. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. You've seen some absolutely filthy stuff from him and I could definitely see him getting into that conversation if he can come back healthy. Say now, let me let me ask you, Seiya's teammate Brennan Davis. Do you know when his ETA is to the majors? I don't. As far as I know, he's not he's not scheduled to make the opening day no, roster. But do you think he could be a midseason, you know, call up and and compete for compete with Seiya and with Sixto? Yeah, I think potentially, but I think just due to him starting off the season at AAA, going to be getting a late call up. He's already working from behind, especially against Seiya, who's obviously going to be on that opening day roster and starting from there. But no, he's somebody I'm very excited. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player, but I think it's going to be more of a mid-season call up. You're not going to see the Chris Bryant treatment where <laughs> he's going to get called up in a couple of weeks and he's down there to work on his quote unquote defense, but it's I will yeah, see sure. him uh, down <laughs> towards once the summer. Same months thing with Chris Bryant. Up. Yeah, he was down there working. Yeah, on his defense. no, and that's why I said he's not down there for that. So it'll be, it's not the Chris Bryant scenario with it. So he's still got a little bit more to work on. And no, he should be up there for garbage. At least probably half the season, I would say, get a little little call up action. Or if somebody ends up getting hurt in the outfield, if say uh, Hayward, Ian Happ. If somebody else goes down, maybe you do see him get called up a little bit earlier on, but we'll see. And trade Brad, trade for Schwarber. <laughs> Schwarber, yeah. No, with the DH <laughs> now, I was I was hoping they'd maybe make a run at him. He'd be pretty solid piece. Yeah, but. his his time in Chicago was done. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Hope you liked it. We will be back tomorrow to get on the Masters train. It's opening day tomorrow first round of the masters it is going to be an absolutely awesome day but bonanza bonanza (laughs) b-a-n-a-n-a-s not bonanza bonanza (laughs) close it's bonanza b-a-n-a-n-z-a right right we can be found at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. If you want to follow Jell, he can be found at Das Jell. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at Das JPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Send us in any questions that you have, comments, concerns, ideas about the show. More than happy to answer your question live on our next podcast. Guarantee to answer any questions you send our way. Guarantee it. 
Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us in a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail for free. Jill, where can they listen to us at? Hit us up on our presenting sponsor, Anchor, both on the web at... Anchor.fm on the web, Anchor on the app in your app store, uh, whether that's Google or Apple, the Apple App Store. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever your chosen listening platform is. Those platforms could be Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. With that written review, make sure you send us a screenshot to our directly to our DMs on social media, whether that's Twitter or Instagram at Dead Arm Sports or on Facebook, just by searching Dead Arm Sports. We will hook you up with some sticker action. Again, appreciate everybody out there listening. If you could tell a friend, Jill and I would greatly appreciate it. We need more friends in our lives. <laughs> Especially- <laughs> facts on facts on facts. <laughs> yes, sir. But again, uh Hope everybody enjoyed today's episode. Can't wait to discuss Masters tomorrow. Watching the TV in the background, Kansas is currently up eighteen to fourteen halfway through the first. So hoping you this are behind, is sir. Be a good game and uh, yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, I got, just I got nineteen eighteen UNC. Second. Oh wow, yeah, I'm way behind that. Sorry so. to blow that, but yeah, dang it. Gotta, Guess I don't need to watch anymore. <laughs> yeah, turn it off. Yeah. That's YouTube TV for it. We both have YouTube TV. We should be on the same yeah, mine on the same wavelength here. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Appreciate everybody out there. We'll get this closed out for you. Gel closer out. Opening day, only one day away. Yay.